This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Welcome back as we kick off hour two of Kelly and Remy on a Friday afternoon. If Kelly was here, he'd say we're halfway to opening the gateway to your weekend. Uh, he is here somewhere. Somewhere he's lost in the ether a little, but we'll be back with him shortly. In the meantime, as per usual on a Friday show, let's get to sports with Brock Richardson. I'm Brock Richardson, and I love sports. As a former pro athlete, I bring you the sports angle beyond the headlines, plus Parasport news and analysis. Rocky, you're going to be at the uh, Kelly and Romeo primetime special that we're taping on the 27th of November. Wow. I am. And you know what? I asked, and I'm going to, I'm going to like totally ask myself. I asked Greg David, I said, listen, can contributors win the prizes? And he said to no. me, I'll get back to you. And then he came back and he said, yeah, they can. What? So I said, yeah, I'll be there. So get this out. Is, this is, I know, I was so surprised and shocked and happy at the same time because. Yes, no, this changes I, everything. So Bethany and Grant, do they count as contributors or part of the team? Hmm. I'm thinking on, um, I don't want to answer for Greg, but mm, yeah, Greg. I know that contributors can, uh, can win. Apparently. We'll just grill so. him when he comes on Wednesday to talk TV. Talk prime yeah. time for half an hour. Brocky, where do you want to start off with the sports chat? What's your leadoff? So let's talk about the Toronto Blue Jays. We're going to do that for the front half of this uh, discussion. The Toronto Blue Jays hire uh, Carlos Fabless as their new third base coach. And additionally, their bench coach, Don Mattingly, will have an expanded role as offensive coordinator and bench coach so this is some new sort of developments and something else i should share with you is to tell you that guillermo martinez who was the hitting coach last year is supposed to be returning this year now the hitting was the thing that was a bit of a struggle so i'm kind of surprised that don mattingly that's not really going to be part of his role and they're bringing back guillermo martinez so that's a little bit of news from the toronto blue jays front Okay, Kelly's back. Does he want to comment on anything? No. No. No, go ahead. I not not right now. I mean, <laughs> Brock, you know I have my viewpoints of the of this hitting stuff and uh, you know the work there, but okay, you know, I I whatever. <clears throat> I mean, we got to go through all the nicety stuff right now, but yeah. Yeah, I I'm not I'm not one to say, listen. Uh, you know, I don't call for people's jobs. I'm not I'm not big on that either, but the one piece of struggle that we had was the hitting and yep. you know that's sort of where I gotta go okay so you're gonna expand Don Mattingly's role but then you're gonna suggest that Don Mattingly or um, Guillermo Martinez is gonna return uh, okay a bit confused but well I, I think it's hard when you look at a team like this and say how can all these people actually have the problems how can they be so terrible um doing what the heck they do it just shouldn't ha it shouldn't happen so to say to somebody like this guy and this guy has a great pedigree on knowledge of of, of hitting and stuff so I, I i don't know but that's too many months too long to go um and i do think there are certain people vladdy for example people just he heard too many voices in his ear just way too many yeah and i want to put out there this is only a 
suggestion from the reporters at this point. This is not a 100% concrete that Guillermo Martinez is back. Uh, Shai Davidi said it, it, it's likely. And when Shai Davidi says it's mm-hmm. likely, I, I tend to believe him. He's a yeah. pretty good beat reporter for the Toronto Blue Jays, but it is not I, 100% confirmed. I also noticed the Alec Manoa um, being a necessity to pitch in April and not being healthy enough, and that being another thing Shai brought up in his piece. So yeah. I think we need to hear more from the team, more from Manoa about this. But again, like you said about throwing people under the bus, it's not something you want to do. Um, this team has been credited so much with its, with its medicine, with its nutrition programs. So I'm not really sure where to go with any of that. I, I You just want the guy healthy and you just want to see him get back on the road. Well, and the one thing that I sort of look at with Alec Manoa and say, you know, the, the article the piece in the article said Alec Manoa has a leg up to be part of the starting rotation. And my response to that in my own head slash out loud with nobody in my house was, well, duh, if Alec Manoa is pitching, you know, even 75% better, then obviously he's going to have a spot. Uh, There's just, if he's good enough, we want him in the rotation. If not, we don't and i hate to be that black and white but he just needs to be better and so of course if he's relatively healthy yeah he's gonna have a leg up he's been with the organization for a long time now so sometimes i think the headlines could be a little too obvious when they think when they use things like yeah manoa could have a leg up on the rotation my response is no kidding you know yep you want to talk about the hardware they brought uh uh, forward in this season that they've been awarded with yeah, this is tough for me, and I'll explain why. But I'll tell you the the award winners first. Uh, Kevin Kiermaier brings home uh, his fourth Gold Glove, which is means that he was the best in his given position in the outfield. Matt Chapman brings home his fourth Gold Glove, and Jose Barrios wins his first Gold Glove as one of the pitchers. So this for me, guys, is tough because yes. Individual accolades are wonderful. They're they're things that we should talk about. They're things that we should celebrate. But when you are a team sport, it's tough because you want to do well as a team. And yes, these individual accolades are wonderful. For me, I just kind of go, mm, yeah, you didn't make it out of the first round of the playoffs. You know, whatever. Congratulations. Um, there's some people that I wonder, did you really have a good enough season to win the Gold Glove? I don't know. I think you and I share the same sentiment with the person I'm thinking of. It's Matt yeah. Chapman. You know, it's, did you have a great se- good season? Yes. Was it gold glove worthy? I don't know. But anyway, it's hard because it. you expect him to be a certain way, which is still, no matter at a, wor- a bad day for him, he's still above league average. Yeah, exactly. So I guess that's what qualifies you for that glove. Mm. Rocky, bring us up to speed uh, on the Continental uh, curling or a cup continental cup curling event so when you were with us last time we knew that the women's team was going for bronze and men's were going for gold how did they do yes so the women's team carrie anderson took home fourth place they lost uh to team usa uh the men's team ha- head up by brad gushu took home gold and they beat japan so very good start for uh brad gushu in his rink and as i mentioned kind of a, a rough clunky event for Carrie Anderson, but I expect that she will be where she needs to be by the time we roll around to the uh, Scottish Tournament of Hearts and thus the World Championships to follow. There was something strange that happened during the event. It came to light near the end of the event. 
want to fill us in on this? So this is so strange to me. There, there are there are rules that you know you read through when you when you go through events, and there are things that are protocols. And honestly, and I don't want to say this happened with Team Canada, but I do wonder if in this case it happened. And sometimes we skim through those rules and go, yeah, yeah, we we read it. It's all good. Um, EJ Harnden, who is part of the men's uh, team, he wore a black thermal sweater. Now, what you'd say is, okay, it's a black thermal sweater. No big deal. Well, not according to the Curling Federation uh, that runs the international events. They got reprimanded because he wore a black thermal sweater and it should have been white. My reaction to this is, what? You reprimanded a team because he wore a black (laughs) thermal sweater versus a white thermal sweater? And the response that they got in the room was, well, your colors are red and white. Why are you wearing a black thermal sweater? If this is what we are spending our time on reprimanding teams for, because uh, by all reports, this venue was freezing, I think we just need to move on and suggest that you know, who cares if it's black, purple, white? I, I don't really care. Now, this is what I said to you guys. I think, you know, these are rules. These are things that are probably written. They're probably in the, you know, mixed within a whole bunch of more serious rules. But for me, I just think, really, this is what we have to talk about, about Team Canada being reprimanded? Okay, sure, weird, but they won the gold medal. And I don't think it has to do with black versus white thermal sweater but whatever <laughs> uh, that pushed you over the top didn't it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just too much just too yeah. much oh for sure uh you want to talk cfl yeah so uh there's a situation here we're gonna have uh edmonton versus winnipeg in the uh west final and the big question here is what does a team like Winnipeg look like? Zach Kolaros and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers had a week off. They had a bye week. Do they come out fresh? Do they come out, you know, uh, throwing the ball as they've done all season long? Their biggest thing is we want to throw the ball. We 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 want to mm-hmm. air it out. We we want to use Zach Kolaros in his arm to be able to do that. Uh, the, the second question I would have here is Vernon Adams, who is the quarterback that took over for Nathan Rourke, uh, who had a really good season, uh, really good couple of seasons with the BC Lions. He's under the same offensive coordinator. This guy threw for over 400 yards last week. Can that be done with such a stingy uh, defense in Winnipeg? We'll see. But I love this matchup, and I think it's going to be really good. I think BC wants to play a little bit more of the defensive style. They can come at you with different, you know, running schemes, and they they don't necessarily air it out as much. They do a little bit, but not as much as the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. So for me, I'm going to go with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers winning that side of things. And in uh, the East final, we have Montreal and Toronto. Same kind of question. I would lean toward what does Toronto look like? Toronto has really had a season where they really haven't had a lot of adversity. They've only lost like two games this year. They really haven't had a lot of, a lot of things go wrong for them this year. Their quarterback, Chad Kelly, who took over for uh, McLeod Bethel Thompson has really had a solid year. 
and let's see what can they do. Now it's crunch time. We're at this position now where it's like, what are you? Who are you? What is it going to look like? So for me, I'm picking Toronto to win, which would mean that we would have a back-to-back repeat of the uh, Grey Cup between Winnipeg and Toronto. That's my prediction as we sit here. Love to see it. Love to see Montreal in there. Chad Kelly has just been so much fun, even where you see him around Toronto, how he's adopted. Uh, son of uh, Jim Kelly, um, of course, a well-known Hall of Famer uh, football player too. And, you know, it's it's really a nice thing to see the CFL in a really good position this year, Brock. And they are very smart to have their finals on Saturday when they're competing with college football versus the big enchilada that is the NFL. Obviously, for the Grey Cup, they put it on the Sunday, but I think for the final, they can sort of tip the scales for one night. But they are very smart by putting their playoffs played on Saturday versus Sunday. Thanks, pal. Appreciate it. Brock Richardson hits us with the latest sports updates on Friday's here on Kelly and Rumya. So uh, check him out again every Friday on the program. Coming up next, Ryan Huey joins us for a very special edition of the Chatty Bookshelf. Sorry, folks, I'm just trying to figure out where is he? We'll learn. Big surprise. Hang in. Great segment ahead. Keep it here for more of Kelly and Rumya on AMI-tv. Join us weekly for The Pulse with host Joita Gupta, who brings us closer to issues impacting the disability community across Canada. Watch The Pulse on YouTube or listen wherever you download your AMI podcasts. 